Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm Hope. And we don't really know who we are anymore. <laughs> we are thinking about changing our name. Um, thinking about, we've worked really hard. We asked you guys to vote on it. We've thought about it, but we're not confirming it. It doesn't feel right yet. So This was on Instagram that we asked for a vote. And so we haven't fully committed, but we've been working, you know, medium hard, I guess, on like a new logo and new sound equipment that's all that's all Jackie and <laughs> and merch and we decided that we're going to release episode 1 of season 2 on Halloween. Yeah, ooky spooky booky. <laughs> it's going to be really crazy, scary, but uh <laughs> yeah, we're so scared of us releasing. I mean, not really. We're but... really scared of changing our name and yeah, god, I don't know how people name babies except that that's like you don't have to your baby doesn't have to encompass a brand you know so it's easier in a way well you're trying to encompass a baby like some people name their kid like loser there's like this one i don't know if that's actually real but i remember there's like a story where a parent named uh a one child winner one child loser what yeah just for social so like a parable Quite possibly, but I think this might be a true story. Yeah, so we're basically just popping on here to be to say, you know, thank you to the people who they've who have told us they're excited for season two. We've been, you know, reading and preparing and writing some episodes, and we want it to just be really good. Yeah, we're just trying to amplify the sound. Can you tell? Is is it any better? Is it our pussy popping boot stout? Are the peas better? Oh, interesting. You come back to us. Yeah, let us know. Do we want to do we want to say anything else? Should we talk about the things we've been reading about and like some of the sure ideas we want to Listen, this is Lucy Goosey, baby. We just wanted to I know you guys were craving for our voice. So, here we are and we're just going to give you a little snippet of our life. Um, I've been reading What have I even been reading? Uh, I've been reading about the natural history of color. Um, and as well as some Hilma de Clint and a lot of gardening books. I've read a lot of gardening books lately. That Which, has nothing to do with the it, podcast. Yeah, just your own personal your own personal pursuits. So and you're you're gonna do an episode on the color red because like that one that one jumped out at you. That one was like the most exciting. I mean, I mean they're all really exciting, but I was just like, there's so much feralness around red. Mm. And it's one of those colors that I think people are like, damn, you're wearing red or like red is just very objectively powerful, quote unquote, but also doesn't st stick or st like it's one of those colors that fades really quickly in history and wasn't used in art for a really long time because of that. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, bitches, um, I'm going to be I don't know why I'm calling you bitches, but uh, I'm, I'm new at this again. I feel like a, a brand, I'm so rusty. Yeah, I should be calling uh, the clientele i don't even know what to call you listener um bitches but anyways yeah so i'm just doing a lot of research on red and it's yeah i just like everything's magical if you really look deeper into it you know what i mean yeah so true <laughs> um i have been reading about street style and about Kind of like this idea of hanging out, this idea of loitering, and this idea of um, almost like fetishizing poorness and how like we, our idea of the quote unquote real thing is really just like looking at kind of like lowlifes of society and being like, oh, that's so real. That's so raw. Like 
and like that's what we think of as authentic um, and how the public realm is a part of that, how the street is a part of that, how the public realm influences street style and and fashion. So that is going to be an episode. I've also been reading about photography, reading Susan Sontag's On Photography, and thinking about different things related to that, thinking about AI, also thinking about um, the photography project that happened under the New Deal. And yeah, that's that's what I've yeah, been Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the thing, also modern art is just been something I think we all, we've been playing with for a while. A little bit because I mean, first off, it was just such a groundbreaking movement. But also, I Hilda Gay Clint. I don't think I'm saying that right. I'm gonna do a whole episode on her name, and I gotta, I gotta figure it out. I was thinking actually for season two, we, I want to maybe commit to at least just before the episode, looking up the names that we're gonna say over and over again, and maybe (laughs) just try to learn those ones. A A K me looking. No, I think both of us. I mean. I don't know. Uh, Rye, a friend of the pod, was like t- looking at a, um, what's it called, review of our podcast. And somebody said that like there's massive amounts of mis- rampant mispronunciation. Shout outs to you know who you are. They also uh, said we do a minimal amount of research, which is like, I wish we did a minimal, you know, it's <laughs> like that. It's like we, we're taking a whole summer to read books, you guys, because we want to write episodes that are good that are good at least decent yeah i mean how we do the research i mean we read books so yeah bound published <laughs> yeah in our hands they're real they're not even on a kindle i mean i did once read a book on a kindle and the hope was like i can't believe you so well mostly it's just not that photogenic <laughs> exactly i want to be posting our books onto instagram to have kind of like a living bibliography so no and you had a good point and i bought the book oh so. you did oh <laughs> yeah. wow well tbd on that photo anyways rampant mispronunciations was something that was a comment on and we were really laughing at this uh review because it was you know tongue-in-cheek i guess you could say if that's i don't even know if i actually know what that means uh, rye was like oh that's 100 percent jackie and i was like yeah yeah uh, we uh, the the friend group knows you do lead you lead the charge when it comes to mispronunciation i mean i just that. do normal words it's like I, you know how long I said longevity as longativity? And I still stand by that. Honestly, longativity makes more sense when you're looking at the word. Sure. Long, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, there's just like a lot of words that I, you know, like a lot of people identify with like only knowing, like reading words and never saying them out loud. And then when they do, that's wrong. Right. But I feel like I go a step beyond that. Like, I feel like. I've learned my lesson multiple times, but it just won't ever be fixed. Like, that's the thing. Like, mm. it's just I can't get words right. So welcome to this is this is the podcast. Welcome to fascism slash avant gossip slash TBD. Uh, you just have to love us for who we are. Yeah. So we went yesterday. Um, I think I'm going to try to make a vlog out of it and see if it matters. But we're, you know, how are you 30? You're going on 33. Mm hmm. Um, a young 33. Mm. Yeah. And I'll be 34 a few months after that. So are you in a year? Anyways, it doesn't matter. I 34. Okay. Anyways, that's a crisis of itself. But <laughs> we went to a festival. I haven't been to a festival like on this level. And it's been years. And we've both been to a handful of festivals and have had various experiences. What I so and so when you, 
when you initially texted us all and asked us to go to Bumbershoot, I was like, I just don't think I can do a festival that's like in a city. Like I think of it as being like, oh, I want to be in nature. Ideally, there's like some water around, not like, you know, Burning Man water where it's like, you know, rain on a, on a slippery playa. But uh, it ended up being really, really cool. Yeah, it was very, like, we treated it very chill. It wasn't like, I think the key is not spending the night at a festival. Mm. A truly, like, being able to go back to your home and also just doing it one day. I can't do a two-day festival. Mm. I got too much stuff to do. I got laundry to do. I'm sorry. I got, I don't know, I got to stare at the wall. I just got to do something that isn't anything. I also really liked, I mean, it was, every festival is different. Uh, I liked that it was all ages and that it wasn't just 20-year-olds. It there it really were, was a lot of young people, too. There but. were young people. There were families. There were older people. So that, that felt nice. They were, the things that people were selling were things that I liked, vintage and, like, handmade stuff by a lot of really awesome Seattle artists. And so, I mean, you know, compared to some festivals where it's, like, dream catchers or, like, you know, like, yeah, like raver crystals. hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. The food was decent. I mean, just because Seattle... First off, Bumper Shoop is Seattle Festival, and they usually have a big music venues and shows, um, but they really wanted to show off, I think, the local art scene, and the for the first time ever, they included fashion. Sleeta Kenny was, like, the main headliner on Saturday, but we couldn't... We couldn't stay past nine, mm-hmm. you guys. We couldn't mm-hmm. do it. We so. walked home and we got ourselves a burger. <laughs> we walked 20,000 steps. And I just um, want to brag about that. Yeah. What do you do? What did you do? Walk 20,000. You definitely didn't walk 20,000 steps. Um, yeah. And so the it was organized by New Rising Sun, who were called first-time organizers by the Seattle Times. I don't know if that means that they were organizing this event for the first time. I, I assume they've organized other events. But... They wanted it to be, yeah, a celebration of Seattle culture. And so what we were saying before we got on the mic was that it really was in terms of like, there was also art. There was, um, what was the art exhibit called? Out of Sight. Out of Sight, yeah, which was cool. I mean, I thought I thought it could have had like a stronger curatorial message. I, absolutely, I agree. There was just a lot of art and it didn't really, it didn't even really talk about the Seattle art scene or anything. No. Um, but it's always, I always love seeing art by people in Seattle and I've been doing that a lot lately exhibit itself felt like they just threw some stuff together there wasn't like a linear or there wasn't like kind of a conversation happening between any of the art pieces or why they were there they were like any local artist come submit your stuff kind of like whatever it is we don't care um also their sculpture garden was just the did sculpture we, garden. Did we actually find the sculpture garden? Yeah, we went in it. And we I, were, well, that was the Pack Science Center, but like there wasn't anything besides what's normally at the Pack Science Center. Except for that one LED. Yeah, there was oh. nothing. There was nothing. There's oh, one thing. Interesting. That's what I'm. That was my comment to it. Gotcha. It's like, what was that? What was that? Mm-hmm. Was there supposed to be more? Yeah, I feel like I feel like we might be getting into. I feel like this. We can talk a, a generally about the Seattle art scene. Yeah, which we've been involved in lately or at least like going to a lot of stuff so i yeah i thought the fashion at um bummer shoot was amazing like the where they had them like they weren't given the best spot really no. it was like a small yeah. stage the sound wasn't always working but overall i would say like the fashion at bummer shoot was inspiring compared to i saw a fashion show at the seattle 
art museum remix event, which I exhibited at with my work. And there was a fashion show about the future and it involved a lot of lights. Like it might've been e-textiles. I mean, I guess technically it's e-textiles. And yeah. so it was like a lot of like moving I mean, there light is a, images. Well, there's a difference between e-textiles and wearables. So it has to be the e-textiles is just like, it, was it woven essentially gotcha. into gotcha. the fabric? I don't think it was. And I just, I feel like when we talk about fashion in the future, it's like people just want to make it about technology and how about tech. And that was kind of like the narrative of the show. Like the clothes are going to, learn your preferences and blah 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 and it's like it feels like a very lazy narrative to me and I think like as Seattle's in its the big I think like we have a growing I would describe our fashion scene as growing right now like Dan McLean had a fashion show at the XO event in July RIP um and uh, not to Dan but to XO to XO Seattle um and our friend is going to be doing a fashion show in October that we're excited about. Like, I think there's a lot that's happening. And uh, some. so some of the people that you're seeing, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit. There's just, I want more from a narrative about future fashion than just. I think you, you can definitely talk shit. I mean, like doing the DX arts program. I just don't want to put down any of the, like, the artists who were there and like who did that line. It's like... Uh, I'm glad that they got to be, you know, showcased or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that takes a lot of hard work for sure. But I think uh, my whole thing is there needs to be, when we think about futurism as a whole, there needs to be more of like a concept of the environment, not just like, I it, it, when you do stuff like with tech, this is me getting heady, but like when you do stuff with tech um, focused, and fashion you're not really addressing your surroundings you're just thinking mm -hmm. of the fashion of and and that's not how fashion works fashion works within the environment fashion is a an exchange between the body and the culture um and the clothes that you're wearing and that's just vapid kind of very not thinking deeper than anything that is like technology equates future mm -hmm. and it's like yes Technology, technology does, but also we are going through climate change. There will be like differences in what materials are available. Like our body change, morphing. Like right. Like there, there's so many different ways to think about it. Yeah, and it's just like culturally, we'll probably be developed differently. Like, what does that look like? You can imagine those kind of designs of like um, I don't know spiritualism involved into the clothes of of the future, and and yeah, so just like do better in the sense of if we're doing a futuristic concept don't just think on that shallow level i think people either take it as people either go really dystopian with it which i think is a bit of what janet aspley was doing uh-huh j-rat um or they do kind of like technology is gonna be front and center which is people like, are gonna wear tvs no they're not right they're not yeah <laughs> yeah um any any other thoughts from Bumbershoot? Um, no. Yeah, it was an event that I we went to and we had a good time. There's really no complaints. Like, it was a good vibe. Yeah, great Solid vibe. vibe. Solid vibe. I mean, uh, we had a lot of treats. And that's all I need. I just need consistent treats. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I feel fine. like that's what those environments are all about. It's like 
what whim should I give into at this moment? Exactly. Oh, that's the thing. I mean, you have to pay money. <laughs> that's the thing. I feel like at old events, like I just maybe I'm making this up, but I definitely at my local events in uh, Murfreesboro slash Nashville, Tennessee, we'd have like tour de fun and stuff and everything would be free like the food included mm. and there would be like a lot of stands but you just be like whatever you and i think that's how i bonnaroo was for the first couple years too but you know what we don't live in that world anymore so like any whim that you have you do have to pay money for so that's something that's you have to just i mean burning man burning man is everything's free everything there's yeah there's no money in burning man that's right that's right um, they need it though now. I know. I yeah. People are like selling fifteen minutes of Starlink access to people so that they can like contact their families. It's like that is so distant. That's crazy to me. I know. People are like, there's a lot of people are talking shit about it on TikTok, and it's like uh, I don't know. I feel so many. I feel a lot of different Same. ways where it's like. I've been to Burning Man once. I didn't fit. I didn't feel very drawn to that culture. I have a lot of critiques of it. But I and but I also feel like when people are like, this is what happens, people, when you go to the desert, no one should be in the desert. Why? Like, why are you building some? It's so resource intensive. And it's like, okay, like our whole lives are resource intensive. Like, right. They they drive to Nevada. They bring tents. They like there are a lot of things that get built just to continue down. But also a lot of art that gets built in Burning Man goes other places and is permanent. There's like. I just don't think it's actual, like... I don't feel like they're the people we need to be critiquing as much. Like, I know. They're the ones that... Sorry, they're trying to have fun with their life. I mean, they are rich. So a lot of people are rich. That's, the I think, a, a, a critique. And yeah, I don't love that rich people are utilizing resources to, like, have a, a p- big party. But also, like, I'd rather them do that than do war, I guess. Like, right. And people are like, there's a homelessness crisis. How dare you go to the desert? And it's like, what are you doing about the homelessness yeah. crisis? Them going to the desert for a week doesn't impact the housing market whatsoever. Yeah. And it's also like there was a conversation uh, I saw like a meme being shared around or a video being like, uh, you mean you built this whole thing that you could have done with like humanity? Like, uh, what is it? Like? Oh, like Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity. I was like, what? Why are we like saying that they can't make anything unless they're doing building houses? Right. Like people, that's the bit you're basically saying like art is frivolous. Don't make anything unless it's, it's like, okay, so what? You think you're better because you don't make anything at all? Yeah. You don't make houses or art? Yeah. I don't, it's just like a conversation that I'm just like, we need to, we need to be more like, why are we being so, we're scrutinizing these people, but like, development in cities is never being scrutinized Mm -hmm. your single family house isn't being scrutinized Mm -hmm. yeah that's being sold for two million dollars that's being built you know like it's really fun to make fun of burners because they're cringy a lot of them are really cringy and i totally get it but it's like i just don't really think it's a very like it's not productive it's not as like it's very much like i don't know um I don't know. It's very Twitter vibes Mm -hmm. of the comments being about Burner, uh, Burning Man, which I'm like, yes and no. Um, I just don't like it being the thing that we're focusing on ever. Like, right. Yeah. Let's go back to hating billionaires. Yeah. Right. It's (laughs) that was a fun time. Yeah. Doing drugs and having spiritual experiences is important and like just because like the only place we have in 
American society to do that it's like is Burning Man. Sorry that we don't have shamans embedded in our culture. Like that it would be better if spirituality was more. I don't know if that's true, but like probably I just feel like, yeah, people are like, I only want to go to I want to have an authentic ayahuasca experience in Peru. And it's like, yeah, I guess you could do that. You can also just do drugs here. Yeah. And like not go appropriate other people's culture. Yeah. And not like, enter them. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They could just go to Burning Man and do that. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> Saving, they're actually doing good by not going outside of uh, Burning Man. To yeah. Do but I, people that do ayahuasca usually, I don't know, they start to vacation on it. They start to like seek it out all over the world. And I do want to start doing I, this is going off tangent, but I do want to do ayahuasca. Yeah, it would, it does appeal to me. Like I, when I was in Peru, I was in the place where a lot of people do ayahuasca. So like when we would like walk around, there's this one area of the city where people would hang out before they'd go on their like Amazon tours and you would just like hear them be like, yeah, it's not a drug, it's a medicine or like... I had this experience, changed my life, blah, blah, blah. Like you would just hear it all over the place. People talking about their ayahuasca trips. So it's like, it's not the, like, it doesn't make those people bad people, but it does become cringe when you're hearing it all Mm -hmm. the time. We also like one of the places we stayed out in the jungle, like um, there was a, they offered ayahuasca journeys there or whatever. And it wasn't like part of their it wasn't like, oh, do you want a king size bed or a queen ayahuasca trip? Or like, no, it was <laughs> it was just really it was really bare bones. But it's the kind of thing if like people are asking around and like the guides will be like, I can get it for you, yada, yada. And the people who did it, like maybe they hadn't prepared. You're supposed to like eat a certain diet for like days you're, before. I think you're not supposed to eat at all. It's like maybe the maybe the last day before. But there's even like, yeah, they have like special ayahuasca diets or whatever these people were barfing all damn night and it was violent you heard it oh yeah and like that's why i'm scared of ayahuasca right there because of the barfing you do have a sensitive stomach i do have and and i would absolutely barf i would absolutely barf and then i'm just like it already hurts to barf mm-hmm. i just don't you know i don't it hurts yeah. so i'm like how can it be that amazing if you're just barfing all night but yeah, yeah. maybe you see god do that barf yeah, you know, a good a good clean out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but a good clean out. I don't know. You get all the bad stuff out, and then it's like because I think you barf, and then you you're high after that. Yeah, the, Miley Cyrus, who I've gotten some information on, has uh like she said she barfed out all the meat that she's ever eaten. Oh wow! Like that was what she thought. Like it was like a like a whole animal would come out of her mouth, Ugh. and she was like couldn't eat meat after that. Oh wow. She's a vegan now. Really? I think she is still a vegan. I, I, but she was a vegan since then. Yeah. Dang. I know a lot of random facts about Miley Cyrus. Shout out to Miley, love you, Nashville uh, original. She was always get, getting shit for being trashy, and I was like, that's just because she's from, you know, Tennessee, and she like has a southern accent and sticks out her tongue. And anyways, love. I love Miley. Also, have some critiques on her, but you know. Well, we're looking forward to getting back on the saddle, looking forward to lots of five-star reviews in our future. <laughs> yeah, so many five-star reviews. Um, and that's it, I guess. Okay, I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.